All Three Beards Media Podcasts originate from the Gravitate Coworking Studio, sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. This Three Beards Media Podcast may contain mature themes, and if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it! Would you like to sample some of my nuts? Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Old Man Strength. I am your host, Chris Shipley, with my special guest host uh, from Side of the Storm, Dave Larson. Dave, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. You know, you kind of had me tricked out here because I'm so used to listening to the show on double speed that to slow it down for me really (laughs) is playing tricks on my ears. But uh, I'm really excited to be here. You know, uh, I consider Old Man Strength sort of the OG of the Three Beards Media podcast. So uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it, it's definitely the OG. This and Bitter Units kind of started the whole deal. So, uh, and it's 2024. We're off to a new, brand new start. Uh, so, we appreciate everybody sticking with us. So, so uh, Dave, Chris, do you have a ahead. New Year's resolution then? No, I never do New Year's resolutions because those are just, those are, I actually started mine uh, at the beginning of November. I went back to my nutritionist, started tracking my food, started going back to the gym consistently. I got a two month head start on that. Uh, I navigated the holidays just fine. I'm down nine pounds since November. Uh, so uh, I and I've continued. So I took a break in Memphis when we were in Memphis. Uh, well, uh, that's, I think we all did. Congratulations yeah. on that, by the way. Yeah. So I'm yeah, it's it's been good for me. Uh, it's been good for my mental health. Uh, so it's just nice to be back into a routine. Although the last couple of mornings I did not get up for the for the gym because it was just too snowy and too cold and I don't blame you, you know, and they do say that if you can start a routine, don't use January 1 because you're more apt to fail. Right. Start it at another day so there's less pressure on you to to get going, make it a routine, and and you should be good to go. And I I agree with the snow. Do you shovel or do you plow with a... Oh, no, I snowblow. No, I snowblow. This is a famous story. I I was once out there shoveling for like the 18th time one, one night, and Stacy came out and was going to offer to help me. And she said, did you buy, did you buy another shovel? And I turned around and said, no, because the next thing I'm buying is a snowblower. And she said, well, wouldn't you rather to buy a, a, a new dishwasher? And I said, see that guy down the street that's snowblowing his house. I'll bet he's got both. <laughs> and that didn't go over very well, but needless to say the next spring I had a snowblower. So uh, yeah, I, I'm not, and yes, especially yesterday, I would have had a stroke trying to shovel yeah. stuff. Well, and I've got a three-lane driveway, and it about broke me. I, I sat oh. there at work, so I got up early, shoveled, and then I sat through the day, and I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I was it, so it, tired. It, now we've got another five to ten inches coming. They say yeah. it's going to be light and fluffy at least, so. I'm not buying least, it. Yeah, we'll see. Well, well, our guest doesn't have to worry about shoveling anymore because he's not living in this godforsaken state, but I'll bring him on. I'll let you introduce our guest for the night. Yeah, um, so go we ahead, got Dave. We've got former Iowa State Cyclone running back, Mike Warren. Mike, uh, you came on board with the program, and uh, I think your redshirt year was 2014. Um, 
and then uh, that was under Coach Paul Rhodes, and then uh, ran for uh, well thirteen hundred plus yards in uh, two thousand and fifteen in the redshirt uh, uh, freshman season. But let's go back. You're you're from Lawton, Oklahoma. Tell us a little bit about Lawton and growing up. Oh man, uh, so yeah, Lawton. Um, funny story. So. Just to give a little backstory, both of my parents are military, uh, so we moved around a lot. Um, we actually came to Lawton from Hawaii, uh, where they were stationed at. So, um, you know, just pretty much just went to Lawton High School there, played football. Um, you know, did pretty well. Got a couple couple offers early on, and then um, I think Iowa State might have been my first Big Twelve offer. Um, so. You know, had the coaches come down, Coach Lou Ianni, uh, Coach Rhodes came down. And, um, you know, it was pretty much we hit it off from there. And they came to my house, met my parents and, you know, everyone, everything was good. You know, so were those so coaches working good, on your man. parents just as hard as they were working on you? Uh, yeah, I mean, they were they were pretty, pretty hard on us. But, you know, it not without good reason, you know, to this day, I even see you know, why I can see like the fruits of why, you know, they were hard on us and, you know, they just wanted us to be successful. So I think every parent wants their kid to be successful. Just, you know, there's different methods of doing it, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's all coming from a place of love. So. Yeah. So when you, how old were you when you moved from Hawaii to Lawton, Oklahoma? Uh, we moved there in 2011. So I would have been either 15 or 16. So uh, tell me the dynamics of the fact that your parents come to you and say, hey, we're, we're moving from Hawaii and we're going to Oklahoma. That could not have been a super exciting thing. I know when I was a freshman in high school, I moved from Iowa to Phoenix, which you would think would be a great move, but I was super upset. I just started high school. I was leaving all my friends. Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about that because I can't yeah, imagine so, um, Oklahoma was super fun. So I'm um, 20 – so I was in Hawaii until 2010 or 2011, early 2011. I think we moved um, in the summer. So, yeah, I actually had just started ninth grade or I just completed ninth grade. Um, so I started 10th grade in Oklahoma uh, in Lawton. It was a pretty unique experience. You know, there was, you know, small military town, you know, like one Ross, one Walmart, one movie theater type, you know, type of deal. So, um but, you know, I actually, now that I look at it, it's kind of a blessing in disguise that, you know, we went to Lawton because there's not much to do there. So you can't really get in trouble or anything. So, <laughs> you know, it, it it was kind of a blessing in disguise. And then uh, once we moved there, um, you know, we had like, I, went, I enrolled in school. We had like summer workouts for football and everything. We met uh, the coach, Coach Breeze at the time. Um, I think they're, I think they're both retired now, but. Um, Coach Breeze at the time. Um, I actually started out playing safety at Lawton High, you know, with the, I believe it was JV team. Um, so played safety. So we got moved to linebacker and then I actually played DN my junior year, DN and running back um, at Lawton High. And like, not many people know that, but it, it actually, it's crazy. I was pretty decent. We just kind of had like a, um, like a speed package, I would say. I would just yeah. come off the edge and go get the quarterback. So that's pretty much what it was. But <laughs> up until that point, you know, I'm playing both at this point. Um, there were a couple injuries 
on on the team. So I had the opportunity to start uh, my first game. Um, yeah, later on in my junior season, started my first game at running back, did pretty well. And then heading into my senior season, I already had that momentum from last season. So, and then the, the, the colleges had rolled in too, like over the summer, because I, I did track as well. Um, so, you know, I had to get my numbers down and everything, um, get my speed up. Um, and then I had a good work, good summer, uh, summer, summer workouts. Um, had a good year there. So got a little bit bigger, a little bulkier. So, you know, everything just seemed to line up, um, you know, going into the senior season. Now, and were you interested more on the defensive side or was running? I actually like playing in. Funny enough, I, it was actually fun, you know, playing both ways. Um, I don't think I really had any looks at DN. You know, I was I was undersized, obviously. I was like 100, maybe like 180, playing hmm. like speed rush off the edge. But um, didn't really have any looks at DN. But running back, I started getting interest. I believe the first offer I got was Campbell College or Campbell University. Um yeah, I thought, you know, the whole world, the whole world stopped at that point. I'm like, oh, my God, my first offer. Like, what do I do? Like, I didn't know what to do. Because, like, up until that point, I was just playing football. Like, you know, I was just having fun. Sure. And, you know, they're calling me out of class. The coaches are calling me out of class. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I didn't really have, like, any insight into how it would look like, you know, just garnering attention. So that was all new to me. You know, I'm 17 years old and getting called out of class and, you know, talking to all these coaches that are here. I mean, they're here for like other players, too. But, you know, it was just kind of a wild experience, I felt like at the time. And I can imagine that unique skill set of the speed and the quickness that you had. I'm sure you showed flashes of that playing that speed outside and on defense and then mm-hmm. turning back on the uh, on the running back side of things. Um, yeah. Was there a certain – were you aware by the time that you became a senior that were your coaches telling you, hey, you know, be ready because your number is going to be called and we've got some college coaches calling us and showing some interest? Yeah, I think all throughout um, our summer workout program, you know, there were coaches in and out just on the road. Um, but I knew they had told me, like, to be prepared to, like, you know, play this season because of that. But I didn't know to like what extent that would be like toward like from the beginning of the season to the end of it. I didn't know what the extent of that would look like. And it was just mind blowing. So not a lot of people, I think, realize that Coach Campbell, when he was at Toledo, took a run at you there and and, and recruited you there as well, along mm-hmm. with Paul Rhodes. What are some other schools that that were, were looking at you? Um. Oh man, I'm gonna have to go back in my, the memory banks. Jeez. Um, I know Washington State, Tulsa. Mm, I honestly cannot remember for the life of me. Like, I, I looked up your bio, Mike, and I have uh, Wake Forest listed as well. As yeah, well. Wake Forest was there, there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really cannot remember. Like. Now, was, Mike, you, like, was Mike Leach at Washington State then? When he was at Washington State at the okay. time, yeah. Well, we have something so. in common because uh, actually, we, this is a long time ago. Again, we're old man strength. Um, 
Mike Leach was early on in his coaching career at Iowa mm -hmm. Wesleyan College in, oh, in wow. Mount Pleasant, Iowa. Mm -hmm. And I was recruited. I went on a recruiting trip to the small school out in the middle of nowhere in the dead of winter. And he was uh, recruiting me to try to come play for he and Hal Mummy, uh, who is mm -hmm. known for the air raid offense that Mike Leach yeah. then implemented and perfected uh, in his coaching career. So kind of a small wow. world there. That's crazy. That yeah. is crazy. So Paul Rhodes comes in. Uh, talk about uh, your recruitment with, with, with Coach Rhodes and, and what swayed your decision and, and, and what made you choose Iowa State. I think just with the combination of uh, – well, first off, Coach Lou Ianni, who's now uh, in Denver with the Broncos. You know, I think mm -hmm. him – him just, you know, coming to my house and, you know, really sitting down with my parents and, and, you know, I think just seeing my parents approval of them because, you know, they're really good judgment of character. And, I, you know, I kind of look to them to help me with this decision. So, you know, I think just having that, their approval and, you know, them feeling good about it. And I also felt good about it. Um, you know, that was pretty much a no brainer for me. Um, and also, too, my mom did want me to go to Tulsa just to stay close to home. But sure. I, I felt my best opportunity was going to be with with Coach Lou and Iowa State. Now, was that a, a encouragement from your side to maybe get your parents to move a little bit closer on their next military trip to, to Iowa then? or It's funny because they actually moved further. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so we were in Oklahoma. Well, they were in Oklahoma. Well, now that I think about it, my it was just me and my dad um, my senior year of high school. My brother and my mom had moved down to San Antonio um, because my mom got stationed at the uh, the, the uh, Fort Sam, I believe, is the mm. baseline there. So I actually didn't see my mom. And my, we would take, like, trips down there, but we didn't live with them for, like, a period of time. So it was just me and my dad, like, for a little bit. But then my dad moved down there when I was in college. So yeah, they they moved they moved further away. I bet that was hard uh, having your parents kind of in different areas and different spots. Yeah, but I think I think they knew they were going to be fine. I mean, we have we've moved all over the place like since I was young. So sure, you know, just another you know another day. I guess another year for them. Call it that, right? But, yeah. You know, they're, you know, they're strong with people and, you know, they're used to, you know, holding it down in different places. So. So did Coach Aini and uh, Paul Rhodes, did they bring you up for a recruiting trip? Did you have a chance to visit Ames before committing? I did in the, in the middle of winter. So that was fun. It was fun. <laughs> Man, you must've really loved it. You must've really loved it. Yeah. My visit date, it wasn't snowing, but there was a lot of ice out there and I really didn't know what to think of it at the time. So, um, but yeah, I went, I visited in January of 2014 and I went to um, a game at Hilton Coliseum. Pretty fun night. It was cool. I liked how, you know, they still got all the same traditions. Even when I go back, you know, it's still the same thing. Oh yeah. Absolutely. They, they carried it out again last night against Houston. So, man, I wish I could be there. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, Chris was sharing that uh, during your tenure at Iowa State is when a lot of new traditions started. So the black uniforms began and, and Juicy yeah. Wiggle. Also yeah. Started. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think the black uniforms was probably the biggest shock for, for most of us because we were always taught that we couldn't wear black because of the team out east. So, right. you know, that- bring the black uniforms, that just brought like a whole new, I guess, swag or a whole new character to the team. So, you know, it was so- cool. So settle a debate. Since being a player, I, I, I'll ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Not me and not Dave, because <laughs> we're old, but we're not, you know, grumpy old men. Yeah. A lot of fans hate the black uniforms, hate them. Love really? the Cardinal. Yeah, love the Cardinal gold. But as a player, that's kind of why they're, right? Like they're they're catering to to younger guys like you guys. That 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 stuff is cool, right? Like you're looking forward to – Different uniforms, different combinations, that kind of cool. I mean, I'm I'm resonant to say the word hip because I sound like an even older man than that when I say that word. But you, you get what I'm asking, right? They're fly right, fly. They're fly, yeah. right? Yeah. So, no, I, I think it's definitely for the appeal, not only for the players but for recruits too. You know, they see an all black uniform. If I'm a recruit, I'm oh, you know, their colors are you know, Cardinal and Gold, but they have these black uniforms, they have these all white uniforms, you know, that's appealing to, I think, um, maybe some fans, but I think it's mostly for the players and the recruits to, you know, just show that, you know, they, they can be flashy as well. So. Now your teams had that gray with a red stripe up on the shoulder. Oh yeah. Dark gray. The storm rush jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, I, I sort of like those. Those were probably some of the, most uncomfortable jerseys I've ever worn. I mean, really? I think it was just the sleeve. The sleeve cuffs were just like they didn't really fit right over the pads for me, at least. But um, no, the, the look of them was cool. I actually have one in my closet right now. I actually have. I have a. I have a David Montgomery one upstairs that I bought yeah. at a, at an equipment sale. So. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they they probably got rid of all that stuff. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They got rid of all those. I don't so. know the last time we. I think the last time we wore them, the Grays was 2018. Yeah, I think it was against it was against Iowa at home. I think it might have been. It might have yeah. been the gray with the. And no, it might have been all gray with the red helmet. Yes. Yeah, and the so. red numbers. No, yeah, that would have been against San Jose State then. That's right. You're right. That would have been yeah. 2017. Yeah. 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 No, while we're on the talkie uniforms, did you check out those Jack Trice um, jerseys that we wore this past year? I did. I do think it's a, they look better than the ones we had before. I do. They've had a little bit more flair to them. You know, kind of give that still vintage vibe, but, you know, a little bit new school. So that's, a, that's an interesting topic. Let me ask you that because I think Coach uh, Campbell has done a lot to kind of bring Jack – and his legacy to the forefront of the football program during the road there. Was it that prominently known? Did you guys talk about it? Was it more of an internal thing? Cause I mean, it's everywhere now it's on the side of the, uh, of the Stark performance center. It's on the helmet. It's on the, on the uniforms and stuff. What, what, what portion of Jack's story did you know when you were playing there? Um, so we actually used to, we have um, the statements that he made that night. We actually used to have them in the weight room. I'm not sure if it's there anymore, but I used to read those statements every time I walked in the weight room just because it was there. So we we always – it was always in the back of our minds about Jack Trice and what he did and what he sacrificed. So, But today I think it's a little bit more, um, I guess, flashed. You know, just 
a little bit more present for people to see. I think it, you know, it brings good attention for sure. But back then it was, you know, it was still a plant in the back of our mind. Just now it's just even bigger than it is. Well, certainly when, when Chris and I were in school and we were there about the same time, in fact, we probably crossed paths more often than we knew uh, mm -hmm. at the time. But uh, that was when they were going through um, the naming and uh, there was a lot of boycotts, a lot of students mm -hmm. just standing up saying, we need to recognize Jack Trice and rename the stadium. And it went back and forth with the student body and the regents before it was finally changed over. So that was during our tenure. That was the big thing is mm -hmm. the renaming of Cyclone Stadium to Jack Trice Stadium. So we've obviously known about it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that it was that public as it is today you're right i mean i think you at you walk up to anybody um just walking around the mall or um down the street mm -hmm. and show them the the five stripes and they can tell you what what it stood for they, they may not yeah. know the entire story but th they'll know the name jack tries right yeah i think the name is definitely more well known than it was back then you know sometimes i get questions asked you know you guys have the only stadium named after you know, an African-American or a black person. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that was also a pretty big honor to play in just, you know, for what it stands for, you know, his descendants and, uh, you know, other people that look like him. So I think definitely playing in the stadium meant a lot more for, for me, you know, and also, you know, the sweet fans, you know, you guys show up every, every night. I mean, it was just an incredible atmosphere to be in. Fan, we've been, fan there, for the, sorry, ahead, been there for the coldest games on record, for the hottest games yes. on records, for the yeah. wettest games on record, Man. We've been through tornadoes, you name it, we've been there for it. <laughs> That's right. So what, speaking, let, let's talk about weather. You, you, you came up in January. Yeah. What's the coldest game you played in up there? And, and tell me a little bit about that. How terrible was it? Ooh, what was the, the coldest, coldest game you played game. It may not have been in Jack Trice. I okay. would probably say in Manhattan. It was pretty cold. Okay. Um, I can't even remember the coldest game I had in Jack Trice, though. What was it? Talk about the Manhattan game. Oh, that game was – I wasn't even playing in that game. I was redshirted that year. Yeah. <laughs> you it just was probably the coldest there? game I've ever been a part of. I mean – I just remember going out in like the hoodie. We had like these little slim hoodies with our jersey over it. And, like we didn't have like any like winter coats or anything. It's probably the coldest I've ever been. I don't even like I couldn't even recall like what happened in the game. I was so cold. Well, that had it been <laughs> miserable not playing that first year too. I mean, so it was you, yeah, they made it we all traveled that first year. It was like pretty much all the red shirt freshmen that, that traveled. But yeah, we were out there just like, man, like if we got to come down here. <laughs> so how, how did that decision take us on the inside? How was that decision made to decide to redshirt your first year? Is that, was that pretty common under the Rhodes era? Or is that something that you and your, and your family asked, hey, give me a season to develop a little bit more? You made reference that you were a little bit skinny and, and yeah, you needed that. Um, um, yeah, I would say that it was kind of a joint decision. Uh, not many people know this, but I actually um, had a scope on my shoulder my freshman year. Um, I got hit wrong one day in practice. Like I couldn't bench one day 
and like the way weight room coach is looking at me like what is going on but like I actually had like an impingement on my shoulder so I had to get a scope for that and I was in a sling for about a month or two and this was like in the summer so like right before the season so I think that coupled with you know just needing to develop more you know learn the playbook and everything that was the decision that was made and agreed upon so so 2000 and that season the team was like two and ten. <laughs> yeah, I think we go two and ten. <laughs> yeah. And then the next year you had a chance then to come in and mm-hmm. the first couple of games I don't think you played too much, but then you just busted out against Toledo with uh, 200 or 120 yards, mm-hmm. and that was that was a Toledo team coached by none other than Matt Campbell yeah. who had tried to recruit you to to go to Toledo. It was mm-hmm. an overtime loss, but. Um, yeah, seemed to make a lasting impact on Coach Campbell, and then obviously mm-hmm. that seemed to to really kickstart you to a season of thirteen hundred yards plus in really ten games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, that whole game was it was just I can't even explain it. Just I know for a fact that I was nervous. <laughs> just going in. Um, but, you know, I just did what I always do, just play football. I mean, just have fun, you know, get, try to give us a chance. And, um, you know, I didn't really expect, like, that kind of attention or, like, that kind of media just for, you know, having that game. Because I was like, wait, it was only 120 yards. Like, what is everyone – I was just kind of confused, you know, just – because I was just, I guess, kind of comparing that to high school days. Like, you know, I ran for, I used to run for 350. Like, once I was kind of comparing it. But, you know, not realizing, not really taking into account that this is, you know, college. So. Sure. Um, yeah, I was just kind of confused after the game, but <laughs> excited at the same time because, you know, I, I got a chance to, you know, at least showcase what I could do. So. You know, was just thankful for the opportunity, thankful for Coach Lou for, you know, trusting me enough to put me in. So, and, and that was the same year that that freshman year where you guys dismantled Texas Tech, led by Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, that, that was just like sixty-six man. to whatever it 66 was. Sixty-six to thirty-one, I believe, was the final yeah. score. Yeah. You want to talk about rushing, you also rushed for 240, 245 that game. Yeah. That, that's I did, pretty big deal. Um, now, at that point, I'm, you know, I'm just – I'm still just playing football at this point. Like, I'm not thinking of anything else. I'm thinking of how can we not get blown out 66 to 31. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it in, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm kind of saying – even kill because I don't want to get too high with the highs or too low with the lows. So, you know, just kind of taking that in, you know, seeing how I can get better, always ways to get better. And, you know, going into next week, just, I don't want to say I brushed it off, but at the same time, you know, we're still in season. Like, you know, there's other stuff to worry about other than, you know, running for 245. So. Okay. Now stop being humble. Now, come on. This is no, I'm being completely serious. Yeah, we got rushed for one yard, so for you to rush for 245 or 126, that's a big deal for us. Yeah, 
No, well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you, you. You you blew out Patrick Mahomes. Now tell me you're not bragging a little bit about that to some people even now today. Well, now the year when we got them back, I was definitely bragging about that. Okay. I was 100% bragging about that. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, not really, you know, I'm just thinking, not really thinking of anything other than just what do we have to do next week to win. So Sure. So what was that first season like with with you as the starter? I mean, what did you literally take the game, take it by game by game basis, or um, what was your preparation like each week and your studies and staying up with mm-hmm. classes? What what was your schedule like that first year? Well, if there's one thing I had, I had a coach that wouldn't let me go in unprepared. So, um, you know, he was always every meeting that we went in, he would always pull up a list of um, the rushing leaders in the NCAA. He's like, look, all these guys right here are better than you right now. So what do we have to do to get to this level? So that's the kind of coach I had, a coach that really pushed me um, to try to reach my full potential and, you know, take every game with a grain of salt that, you know, I'm not number one. So, you know, that was kind of the mindset going in, like, you know, I have to be the catalyst, you know, I have to get this thing started. So did Coach Aini stay then when Campbell came in or was that the point where he went to, mm-hmm. I think, Ohio State? Um, no, so Coach, yeah, Coach Lou, he, he stayed for another year after they got there. And then he went to Northwestern after that. Northwestern, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he was there. I believe they came in 2016 is when uh, Campbell mm-hmm. and his staff came in. Um, Coach Lou stayed there because he was at Toledo prior, obviously. Um, and then he stayed until 2017. And I believe before the 2018 season, he was, yeah, he was heading out. I actually met Coach Lou. Uh, I might have been a week, week and a half after Coach Campbell was hired. Uh, I met him in an airport. We were both leaving for a flight for Dallas. And I, I remember walking up to him and just shaking his hand and, and thanking him for staying along and, and telling him how excited I was for the, for the new regime. And and I, I will always remember his exact words was, this guy's a different type of cat. That's exactly what he said. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm good with that. Then I'll take that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh, man, that, that's funny. <laughs> Let's uh, let's transition a little bit. Give me give me the biggest difference you think between Coach Rhodes and Coach Campbell when 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 he came in. What what was the biggest culture shift or or difference that you saw where you thought things are going to be a little different now? I just think um, starting out, you know, just the amount of resources he was able to bring in. I know that. We had great resources with Coach Rhodes, but, you know, but in this day and age, like, it's like state-of-the-art stuff that everyone has now. And so um, I think him just kind of progressing, like, you know, nutrition and, you know, weight room schedules, you know, practice schedules and stuff like that, you know, we could see the difference between, you know, how we were feeling. Because sometimes I think, at least going back to my first season, you know, I felt tired like before the first game, like, you know, coming out of fall camp or whatever. But, um, you know, they kind of, I guess, 
formulated a way to to work us smarter, not harder. Okay. So uh I know I know when I was going to school, uh I was there during the transition between Walden and and Coach McCarney. And I just what a big difference you even just felt on the campus and things like that. Was there a buzz necessarily on campus about the change and so on as well? Yeah, there was definitely talk about, you know, the coaching change and you know, as they brought Campbell in, they were like talking about the accolades that he had in the in the Mac conference. And so yeah, there was definitely a buzz and you know, a difference that we felt at least, you know, going into that season, that first season with him at least. Um, to where we, you know, we felt, at least I felt a lot more confident, not to say that I didn't with um, under Coach Rhodes, but, you know, there was just a difference in how we prepared, I think, just going into that season that we all felt good about. Sure. Well, the, and the good thing is Matt Campbell didn't have to go out to all the fraternities and the dormitories to beg people to come to the games like McCarthy right. did, because back in the day, attendance had really dropped off. Mm-hmm. So McCarney, that that was his first goal is to bring in as many students as possible and just ask yeah. people to come give us a yeah. try, give us a shot. You, you're going to like what you see. Right. So yeah. That running I think, back, go yeah, ahead. I think the prayer, well, along with the, the social media age up and coming at that time, too, I think it, mm-hmm. it got it got on a lot of buzz and I think people were reading into it. So. So what was that first yeah. year theme? Was that the win in the dark theme? It was in the dark, yeah. Okay, that was I do remember the dark. that. Yeah, so that theme, I don't know. If, I think they did a, a news report on this or a story on this, but um, we would have like morning weights, and we would have like, um, like haunted house theme music playing, like Michael Myers theme music, <laughs> just like all these like serial killer theme music playing in the weight room, like at all times. We would have like the the purge siren just blaring like as we're working out. Um, but that, that year we, um, we really wanted to, it was all about extra work and what are you doing in the dark to, to set yourself apart from your opponent or whoever you're going to match up against that year. So Very you know, cool. film study, extra, you know, workouts, whatever it might be on the field, going in on Saturday mornings, you know, throwing around stuff like that. So that was a theme not just for us as fans, but that was an internal theme that, that you were on. Yeah, that was stuff that we were actually doing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quick break here from uh to get a word from our sponsors, Robinson Distilling Company, and of course our our great partners at Gravitate Coworking. Uh and then we'll come back. Dave, I think you want to ask him about the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma game in 2017. Absolutely. Uh, and I want to a little bit about that stacked running back room that you guys have. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So 2016 and 17 years. I mean, he has some really good players there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's get a word and then we'll, and then we'll come back uh, with Mike Warren. Why take the best corn in the world and make it into fuel when you could make it into whiskey? That's the question that launched Revelton, Iowa's most visible and fastest growing distillery. Owners Rob and Christy Taylor embrace the grain to glass philosophy sourcing ingredients locally, and overseeing on-premises production and bottling at their facility in Osceola. One sip, and you'll agree that Revelton's handcrafted whiskeys, gins, and vodkas are the best you've ever tasted. And with the launch of their rye whiskey, made with 100% Iowa-grown rye and corn, 
and their new bourbon coming soon, there's more Revelton to love than ever. Iowa's own Revelton Distillery. ReveltonDistillery.com The great thing about working from home is working from home. The worst thing is working from home, especially for face-to-face collaborations with customers and coworkers. And let's face it, coffee shop meetings are neither private nor professional. So skip the trip to Starbs and investigate Gravitate Coworking Space. For more than 10 years, Gravitate has provided large and small office and conference spaces, perfect for hosting meetings, workshops, or other events, as well as private phone booths for confidential conversations. Plus, all spaces include secure fiber internet, free coffee, and access to a kitchenette. All you need is your laptop. Gravitate does the rest. And renting space at Gravitate is surprisingly affordable. An hour of office space costs about the same as venti caramel macchiatos and breakfast sandwiches for two. Daily and monthly rates are also available with no long-term commitment. Learn more at GravitateCoworking.com. That's GravitateCoworking.com. Okay, and we are back. Gravitate Coworking. Obviously, you want to check those guys out and get out of your basement like I do. <laughs> go, uh, go rent an office space and so on. Uh, this is the beauty of, uh, of a live podcast. Uh, the last 24 hours at Hilton, so Iowa State men uh, beat Houston number two, and the women just came back from 19 down to win by 10 against 21 West Virginia. So oh, wow. uh, Hilton magic is, is, is alive and well. This is yeah. in full effect. That's right. So, um, but Dave, go ahead and uh, let's let's dive back in. Uh, I'll let you start with, with yeah. Your so, 2016. That's Matt Campbell's first year, obviously. And I, I went and looked at the roster. You played with some really talented te- teams and individual players, and that running back room. I, I I forgot how talented you guys were, all together on the same team. I mean. Mm-hmm. How did that work? The relationship between all of you and, and with the coaches and um, tell, give us some insight on that. Yeah, I think um, it worked pretty well. We all challenged each other. I mean, it, it was, it was definitely a lot of talented people in that room that year. I mean, yeah, Dave, you had Sheldon, uh, you had Johnny, Kane, like, you, you know, these guys are playing in, in the league now. So <laughs> It's, it's definitely a testament to, like, what we really had before people really knew, you know. Mm-hmm. But we always knew we had it is, is the crazy part. You know, at one point we felt we had the most talented room in the country. Like, that's, you know, not to say that we were better than anyone, but that's truly how we felt, like, collective as a unit. You know, we all did different things, you know. Everyone had their own specialties. Like, it was just so dynamic, and everyone could do what someone else couldn't. And I think that's what made it special. Well, and what I loved is that the coaching staff really used your talents to keep the defense off balance because mm-hmm. you'd bring in some power. There'd be some speed packages in there. Pretty much all of you could catch the ball as well, which then you don't know who's coming out of the backfield, who's staying to block. And a lot mm-hmm. of you guys were really hard hitters on the uh, on the blocking side too. I think we forget yeah. about Matt Campbell likes the likes running backs that can block. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my coach always told me, well, Coach Lou always said, if you couldn't block a running back, you couldn't play. Point blank. So we, we took that we took that very seriously. So it, it, Chris had made reference to 2017. Uh, you guys, Jacob Park is the quarterback. He mm-hmm. steps away from the team. 
what were you guys' thoughts that game leading up to, or that, that week leading up to Oklahoma? I assume that you knew that QB1 was not going to be with you and mm-hmm. that Kyle Kemp was going to step in. Did you think that what happened down there in Oklahoma was was go, was about to happen, or what were your thoughts going into that game? We knew we had prepared for that game um, as well as we could prepare for any game. I think just going into that week, it was definitely a different mindset. You know, we're going down in Norman. You know, the fans are going to be rowdy, whatever. Um, it's also, you know, not not personal, but, you know, a little bit of a vendetta because I was in Oklahoma, you know, playing yeah. football. Um, but, you know, neither of the, the big, Oklahoma Big 12 schools – you know, rang or whatever. So, you know, it, it was it was going to be even sweeter for me, per se. So um, the one thing we always knew about K2 is what we called him, um, was that he was going to make the right decision every time, whether it was going to be the check down to the running back or, you know, maybe not, you know, throwing the ball so far on the post, just getting in the right pocket and then, you know, making plays with his feet. We didn't expect that. I can't lie to you. We didn't expect him to run down the sideline like that, like <laughs> when he scored, you know, we, we took it in, you know, but, you know, I think just, just knowing that we have a sure guy that can make the reads at quarterback gave us that confidence to go in that game and believe that we could win it. Do you, do you, do you have any superstitions? I actually don't. I didn't have any. No, I don't. I didn't have any pregame. All I did, I had the same routine I did pregame. I would always go down to the end zone, um, to the right corner pylon, and that's where I would start my warmups. And then, you know, I would say I would just kind of talk to myself down there, you know, just getting myself ready for the game. That's probably the only thing. Well, I asked because my so I've got a son who's twenty now, but as a kid growing up, if if we're at home watching the game or if we're in Jack Trice, there were certain rules that we have when the Cyclones are doing well. And mm-hmm. against Oklahoma, I, I recall sitting on the couch and I would not move from that spot on the couch because <laughs> you guys are playing so well. And I didn't want to jinx you. Mm-hmm. I had to use the restroom so bad that day, but I, <laughs> I stayed in my spot for you guys. Yeah. That's well, <laughs> Mike, I, I will tell you, uh, and I don't, I, I told Coach Campbell this uh, when I met him one time, but mm-hmm. the 2017 team uh, has kind of a special place in my heart because in September of that year, I was diagnosed with uh, uh, stage two uh, esophageal cancer and oh, wasn't sorry. able, wasn't, wasn't able to go to the games. Uh, my mm-hmm. wife made me stay home so I wouldn't get sick. Uh, mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly, uh, I my first night home was the night of the Texas game. Mm-hmm. Uh, when and uh, later on, I'm going to ask you about that bugle logo and how terrible it is. But uh, I, I and we that. lost. That was the Wednesday night. I came home that night, and then the following game was was the Oklahoma game. And I remember, I didn't feel good. I did, I I felt like crap. I was two chemo treatments in. Yeah. Uh, we went we went somewhere for a little bit and I think I came home right before the game and I laid on the couch and I was so mesmerized by that game that that team really kind of inspired me the entire year. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the TCU game when you guys beat TCU later. And then uh, I remember uh, being in recovery uh, at home uh, after surgery, uh, wrapped up in blankets on a couch watching the Liberty Bowl. So yeah. I, I, I don't know that you know, you know how those things affect people, but uh, that team and that year has always been special to me because just just watching you guys fight and claw and win like that was a big deal to me. Yeah, I mean, special for me too. Um, my one and only bowl ring. So definitely a special place in my heart, that team. You know, yeah. it, it was crazy because we had beat Oklahoma that year and then we had beat West Virginia. I think they were like ranked three at home mm-hmm. the game after. So that year was definitely special. First time ever experiencing uh, TCU. That was TCU. TCU. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, TCU. Yeah. Beating TCU that year. Uh, I've actually got. I've actually got a photo down here uh, on a canvas of Kyle Kemp in the middle of the field storming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've got that photo down here in a canvas. So yeah, I, it took me like 45 minutes to get off the field. <laughs> I was just like, my helmet went missing. Like they took my helmet. I'm like, oh, they'll find it. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm trying to go see my family. <laughs> but no, that year was definitely special. You know that. that How many team... text messages did you get following that Oklahoma game? Oh man, everyone I knew in Oklahoma, pretty much, like, was just saying congratulations. Like, oh my god, like you guys just beat us. But I, I honestly couldn't remember. Too many to reply to, probably. <laughs> so you, you know, you Big Twelve. Offensive freshman of the year, you 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 ran for thirteen hundred yards. You, you have this running back room, mm-hmm. um, and and part of the reason why I asked you on is because, uh, a I, I just I I I think the world uh, of you and your character, um, a lot of people would transfer, and I know mm-hmm. you probably have heard this before. Um, I'll I'll, I'll tell another personal story. I have a I have a football down here that's signed from that 2016 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, your signature is on it. It's right above the logo. It's in my basement down here. And I remember when I got that, I was so excited because I just knew you were going to be the shit. Okay. Let's just, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think I'm, I'm just as proud to have it down here because of the way that you handled yourself and the adversity that you had. Um mm-hmm. And, and for whatever that's worth, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about, because I mean, NIL and transfer rules and everything else now, a lot of kids would, would leave. A lot, a lot yeah. of guys would leave and you stuck it out. T- talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it, it came down to, you know, just not wanting to, for one, not, not leave a bad example for people that is, are going through things, you know. You, there's always a way to persevere through it. Not only that, but, you know, I just felt like I had, it would have been, I feel like it would have been harder to restart somewhere else. You know, there was no point in transferring. I knew everybody here. I had connections here, um, especially my teammates, you know. If I felt like I would have quit on my teammates, you know, I definitely didn't want that negative light, even though they probably would have understood. But at the same time, you know, I, I came to Iowa State to, to leave it better. Then I then I came in, so I think just being a mentor for the young guys and and 
you know, even helping the running backs out, you know, just helping those guys reach their full potential. I think that was kind of my obligation as, as I came to Iowa State to, you know, just leave it better than I found it. And as of today, I think it's in a, I think it's in a good spot. So it's it's definitely in a good spot. I, well, I'm going to ask you one. I want to ask one more question. Mm-hmm. Nil. Mike Warren is playing Iowa State starting running back at Iowa State right now with mm-hmm. Nil. What product do you want to hawk? What product would you market for Ooh. Nil? Oh man, that's a good question. Oh wow. You know, with a jersey number of two, yeah, you might I'm going to come, say, have to come back say to that some dice with is wild on there. That's right. that's right. Oh, that's actually a good one. Let me – um, I have to come back to you guys on that. I hadn't even thought about that. I All was right, just you... thinking about, man, we missed out. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. I know. Well, I, I, I look at poor one. Reggie Bush. I look at poor Reggie Bush and think, oh, man, man, that guy, you they should give that guy's Heisman back yeah. in a bow. You got to feel for him. <laughs> and I would echo what Chris has been saying about you too, Mike, that the leadership and the maturity that you showed going through that adversity, I think as a fan, we all wondered, is he going to transfer? But at the mm. same time, I mean, you're getting in some important time on that field and Oh, yeah. We're mentoring some of those running backs. I mean, we're not talking about guys that 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 weren't very good. I mean, we're talking about David Montgomery, who's drafted in the NFL and mm-hmm. well, should have rushed for a thousand yards if it weren't for the uh, um, or actually it was uh, Bruce Hall that was a thousand. Did Montgomery hit a thousand this year? Show? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he, he did. hit a thousand in 17 and 18, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Sheldon Crony and Kane, who's up in Minnesota. I mean, yeah, bunch of talented guys that were there. And then it led to 2018, see. your senior year. You got a trip to the Alamo Bowl and mm-hmm. had a very good team there with led by freshman Brock Purdy. Yeah. Did you did you envision playing with him that season that he would become the Brock Purdy that he is today? We always knew Brock was a baller. I mean, he's kind of like we used to call him, I think the running backs used to call him Dirty Purdy because he used to do some crazy stuff. Like when Oklahoma State game, when he first made his debut, oh, yeah, yeah, Dirty Purdy. All right, so you got to like, give us was, a story on that one. So we, I mean, the guy's just a baller. Like it, we, we came out, we knew, okay, we got a freshman at quarterback. Like we're going to have to help him, protect him first and foremost as running backs. Um, you know, that was pretty much our main mission at that point in time to don't let him get any hits on the quarterback, you know, first game. Um, but when he came out and just started making plays, we were like, who is this guy? <laughs> Had you seen that in practice up, up to that point? Okay. So yeah. no surprises then. No surprise there. I think Brock has always been a baller. I mean, even coming in, always competitive. Has always been competitive. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break here. Uh, Dave, I'm going to let you ask the uh, win, the Kyle Lehman Wintrust Mortgage uh, question. I'm going to uh, we're not going to play an ad for Kyle. We're actually going to I'm actually going to talk about a program that Kyle has going on right now. 
So Kyle, right now, uh, if you are looking for a mortgage, certainly you want to hit up Kyle. But right now, uh, they've got a great loan program for doctors. Uh, it's just been introduced, uh, and it's designed for uh, doctors that are buying their primary residence. So you can see, you know, uh, they have some great zero down payment options and low down payment options. So if you are a physician or a dentist or even a veterinarian, pharmacist, chiropractor, any of those, and you're looking at buying a primary residence, please give Kyle at Wintrust Mortgage a call and be sure to tell him that you saw it on the Three Beards Media Network. Okay, Dave, go ahead and at this point, let's uh, let's ask Mike the Kyle Lehman Wintrust Mortgage question. Well, first, I want to ask Kyle, when is the discount for human resource professionals? Because <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a call as soon as those are available. But the Wintrust I'll Mortgage question for you, Mike is take take us back 10 years what what would be the advice that you would give yourself the mike warren of 10 years ago oh man i would say to trust your instincts on 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 certain things you know um i'm gonna be vague about that (laughs) but i think just trusting myself more um and you know my abilities and what i could do um yeah i think that would probably be the biggest lesson that i've learned uh, to this day is to trust myself more that's fair yeah one thing i don't think we've asked what are you up to today where, where are you located and and what what are you yeah doing I'm, I'm in texas i won't be specific about where i'm at but i'm in, i'm in texas right now so you're um, warm yeah, um, I'm actually doing account management for an IT company. Oh, okay. So I'm in I'm in the sales world right now. Well, you and I might be in the same space. I, I I'm uh, the head marketing uh, for uh, a software uh, IT company here in Des Moines. So nice, nice. nice. Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I work. Um, yet another yet another you know similarity between me and Mike Warren. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I work in the, um, so with this IT job, I work in the uh, federal space. So I work with a lot oh, okay. of, um, I mainly work with, I can't even say the customer name, but I work with a lot of integrators. Okay. Um, you know, just doing IT work, IT projects, staffing, um, consulting and stuff like that. Okay. Great. Well, we're going to play our last segment and then uh, we won't take any more of your time. So this this segment that oh, we have here. Been great. I've been enjoying myself. So. Uh, this is this has been great. Really uh, too. And, you know, we we probably should get you on side of the storm, too. So you can you can talk some some real live time football and basketball with Marcus and Brent and Dave. Yeah. Uh, on their pod. So uh, so this this segment is uh, we call it the STFU segment where. Uh, we had a previous guest, uh, Steph Copley, who told uh, the host of this show to shut the F up so that she could get her point across, which was the greatest. <laughs> it was the greatest moment ever on this podcast. Uh, so we decided to sponsor that and we invite people to donate to the Young Women's Resource Center here in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, so let's get a word from Steph. And then when we come back, Mike, the whole point of this is, is that you get to talk some trash. OK, so <laughs> Dave and I. Dave and I are not allowed to say anything, and you can say whatever you want, and we can't respond. So think of something, you know, Wait, if you want to. Just about anything? You can say whatever you want about anything. 
That's right. And Dave and I cannot react and cannot say okay. anything. So let's play this ad and then we come back. We're going to STFU and you get in, in the floor is yours. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Steph Copley, the woman behind the STFU segment on the Old Man Strength Podcast. When I told the guys I wanted to sponsor this segment, they recommended that I make a charitable donation instead, so that's what I did. I chose the Young Women's Resource Center in Des Moines, Iowa. They're a nonprofit that supports, educates, and advocates for girls and young women ages 10 to 24. Their whole goal is to make sure that these young women become strong, self-confident, and successful. And if you know me at all, you know that aligns with my goals as well if you're interested and would like to donate check them out at ywrc.org and donate today and remember don't forget to stfu and listen every once in a while thanks all right and thank you steph you know last last month we did a nice fundraiser for them and was able to donate over a thousand dollars to young women's resource center thanks in part to revelton distilling company and their and their graciousness so okay mike Dave and I will STFU. You get to say whatever you want about anything. Oh, man. I don't have enough time to think about this. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm, not, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but honestly, I just wish all Cowboy fans, you guys should have been in the playoffs and won a Super Bowl. That's all I'm going to say. So if they have anything to say about that, they could come at me, but I'm just speaking the truth. And Dave's a cowboy fan. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's my one and only weekend. It's my one and only weekend. I'm rooting for the Packers, by the way. <laughs> yeah. For the record, I'm just holding my breath because they we've not won anything in 25 years. So yeah. I'm not saying anything until we get out of the first round of the playoffs. We we have to win one first. Okay, yeah. See, that's more reasonable. I have people down here in Texas just we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, okay. Seen right. it. I've seen it. <laughs> All right. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Dave gets to pull out his VHS tapes and watch the last time the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl. I actually have those on VHS. Yes. <laughs> VHS. Yeah. Seasons, right. I have those. There you the last go. time they won was on VHS. That... That's right. Yeah, it was in the mid-90s. Jeez. So I was just finishing college. How about that? That that should tell you the last gotcha. time the Cowboys played in the Super Bowl. So hey, are Mike, you... do you still uh, do you make your way up to Ames often or do you stay in touch with any of your former teammates or coaches? I do. Um so funny enough, I one of my best friends, Sheldon, is actually coaching up there right now. I talk to him pretty much every day, <laughs> just you know, asking why he's liking it and everything. And I still talk to Dave every now and then. Talk to Kane every now and then. Pretty much all the running backs I talk to still keep in touch with, you know, Alan Lazard, um, Willie Harvey, who, who also played in the league for a little bit. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of people I still. Keep in contact with, for sure. Do you have memories of uh, when Campbell came in and he started Victory Day? Do you remember those? Those are some of my favorite days. Okay, so uh, I will bring up um, – both my boys were in that. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. When you were there, as a matter of fact. Yeah. But I have this absolute amazing photo of David – celebrating with my son Josh after he scored a touchdown and I will hold this up for you. Oh yeah. It is my absolute favorite picture. Yeah. Uh Great of picture. 
Josh was celebrating and with David Montgomery. Uh, he broke my heart when he left the Bears. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, I'll, I'll, he's I'll, in a better place better, now, Chris. Better Stop it, David. Yeah, I was going to say. Stop he, it, David. <laughs> better situation. Better situation. I think. I think what broke my heart was when he kicked us out on the way out the door. When he was like, "I want to go somewhere where I can win," and I was like, "Come yeah. on, man! Can't be twisted tonight." They are when you're out yeah. on the way out the door. So no, he's doing very well. Very well. Yeah. He is. Well, Mike, I, I really it sounds like if you guys ahead. are in touch, you, you might have a chance or a way in to get in to see him in when they play in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I do need to go to a game. The only game I've been to um, this year was a Jets game. I wanted to go see Allen play against uh, the Texans. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which they won. I, yeah. That's been a rough year for him and Brees up there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel for him. But, you know, hopefully they turned around. You know, they had some challenges early on, so. Okay, so so Detroit ends up in the NFC Championship game against Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Where's, where's your rooting interest? Mm. I'm going to have to go with Detroit. They, they, I assume that you would. You got got to be the running back, right? That's my boy. I mean, we <laughs> you know, we were in the room together for three years. So, and also, I hosted him on his visit to Iowa State. So that's going. That's my boy. Oh, there who's, you go. Yeah. yeah. Who's your roommate? Did you have a roommate when you were up there? Um, my first year, I did. Um, who was my? Oh yeah, my roommates were. You probably may or may not remember these guys, but um. My first roommates when I got to Iowa State were Orion Salters, play receiver. DeMonte Ruth played corner. And then we had a JUCO transfer named Terry, which, hmm. yeah, those were my first roommates 10 years, huh. nine years ago. But uh, they've kind of changed throughout as I moved around in like different houses and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, Josh and Jordan both uh, got really close to Jamal Richardson uh, mm-hmm. when uh, when they did Victory Day. Uh, I'll I'll tell you a funny story. So Coach Campbell's first year was the first year that he did Victory Day, mm-hmm. um, and Jamal was very kind to the boys, and the boys yep. invited him invited him to go to Hickory Park after this was over. And Jamal's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll come." Yeah, and the boys were like, "Oh yeah, invite your friends, invite your friends," and he invited Julian Good Jones. Yeah. And I can't remember the pun. I can't remember the name of the, I can't remember the name of the punter. And we were, we were with some friends and my friend kept saying, get whatever you want. We'll pay for it. Order whatever you want. And I finally was like, Tim, he's a fucking offensive lineman, dude. I don't know that I have that kind of money to pay for that. <laughs> but we paid, but we paid for their dinner. Dude. And then a couple days later, Julian got suspended for the first game. Oh. And I remember, and I remember my buddy going, I swear to God, if we bought that dinner and it cost him because of an <laughs> yeah. NCAA violation. Right. No, so, I believe he ran the tag up. I, I actually right. still talked to Julian, too. I talked yeah, to him so as well. We had Julian on last year, and I asked him, and he swore up and down it was not because of the dinner I bought him. So I just would like to get that con- uh, confirmed. So but those are great memories. So oh, gee. It's so yeah, funny. That- I actually, that, was great to, I was, that was great to see him finishing out the season with the red with the oh, commanders yeah. too. Was commanders, yeah. I was like, Julian, you didn't tell anyone. He's like, Yeah, you know, he's just kind of vague with everything. So but no, I still I've talked to him as well a little bit. 
Well, I, we would love to have you on again, uh, possibly on side of the storm and, and some, and, and some other things. And if it's all right, I would love to be able to text you every once in a while and just pick your, pick your brain if that's all right. So yeah, no, for sure. Maybe, maybe use your contacts to, to get some of those guys on and we'd love to yeah. maybe do a big reunion show on, on side of the storm or something with some of you guys. Oh, that'd that would be, be blast. Super fun. So, uh, Mike, really appreciate you you coming on with us. Uh, very honored, and like I said, it, it, personally, I, I just I, I admire you a lot. So thank you very much. No, thank you guys for having me. You guys have been excellent hosts, and you know the questions are great. Honestly, well, you know Dan McCarney did call us a professional, so I'll, I'll, <laughs> I I'll hang that. my I'll hang my hat on that all day long. So I did see that, Dave. Yeah, you really- got anything else to finish up? Yeah, uh, really, the pleasure's ours, Mike. You know, we were big admirers of, of you as a player, as a person, and 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 seeing the growth that you had and and the maturity that you displayed throughout your career. And we will certainly continue to follow you and hope to that we're able to, to be in touch. And if you make your way up to Ames, we'd love to host you for a tailgate as well. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think the last time I was in Ames was against Iowa and it was a uh, college game day. That might have been two years ago now. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't I didn't make it to one this year, but no, I plan on coming. I plan on coming to one this year for sure. So is that I, the college game day where just all hell broke loose? Everything fell apart. Yes. And, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was I think that was 2019. That was nine was it nineteen? It was nineteen. Yeah. That was the that Carson was King year and that was just all, that was all crazy. So yeah. the rain delay and everything. And then we had rain COVID delay. the next yeah. year, so there was yeah. no game, and then came back in 2021. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We uh, are super excited to be back for 2024. We've got uh, great new content. Three blind refs go tomorrow. Ball don't lies tomorrow. Hawks Eye View. We'll give them a shout out. Uh, and. Um, we uh, may even be retooling bitter units. So we are ready to go. Uh, and with that, uh, we want to thank everybody. And we are out of here. Uh-huh.